Let us pray. I believe, Lord, I believe, even in the midst of doubt and discouragement, the music stirs our soul, it piques our spirit, it retunes us. Lord, continue to move, continue to stir, continue to speak. Help us to hear you clearly. In your name I pray. Amen. O Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. When through the woods and forest glades I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees, when I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze, then sings my soul. I heard these words. I hope you recognize the hymn, How Great Thou Art. I heard these words Monday morning as we gathered for the funeral for Mary Louise and Dunlap Rose. It was one of those cool, crisp, still mornings. The sun was shining warmly, and a few of us gathered to share and celebrate their life. It was at Magnolia Cemetery in Carryville. Perhaps you've been there. Such a serene setting. As we were there, I felt the peace. I felt the tranquility. And the birds began to sing in the trees. And the gentle breeze began to move just as the song proclaims. There was something special about that moment. Maybe. Maybe it wasn't just the breeze blowing, but perhaps it was the Holy Spirit moving to a tranquil time. A time of serenity and assurance. Music has a way of doing that. It reminded me that morning that everything was going to be alright. All right, obviously, for Mary Louise and Dunlap in their new life with Christ. And everything was going to be all right for me. My God, how great thou art. It's Advent. The first Sunday of Advent. Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which you know probably means coming. The coming of Christ through Jesus. We call it Christmas. But this year will be like or be unlike any year before. How do we preach 
in a time of grief and exhaustion, this message of expectation and excitement. How do we preach about transformation to come when we cannot see it or imagine what it might look like? These words of how great thou art reminded me that we can still believe in a great God even when we're discouraged, even when we're uncertain about the future. That's what this season of Advent reminds us of. It gives us hope and gives us another chance to compose the story of our relationship, of our companionship with God through Christ. Once more, we get to listen, we get to hear, and we get to respond in faithfulness to the God who comes to us so humbly, so intimately, and so personally through a baby whose name is Jesus. Let us not miss life's greatest gift. Let us keep our eyes and our hearts open. The Spirit will give us what we need. We will see and know that which we are called to proclaim in times such as these. So for today... Let us turn to God's Word and look in Mark at chapter 1 and hear what John the Baptist proclaims for us. So join me in your worship guides. The Scripture's printed there. Perhaps your devices, if you prefer. Online, the words are in your worship guide or your Bibles that you might have. I'll be reading from the Common English Bible. Mark chapter 1, verse 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, God's Son, happened just as it was written about in the prophecy of Isaiah. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of, before you. He will prepare your way. A voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make his paths straight. John was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. Everyone in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the Jordan River and were being baptized by John as they confessed their sins. John wore clothes of camel's hair with the leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He announced, One stronger than I is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and loosen the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So how was your Thanksgiving? Was it good? Turned out all right? Nice to be with some family that you could gather. Perhaps it was a little different. Perhaps you missed some family that you couldn't be with. Perhaps you missed some of the traditions. Did you ever feel like at Thanksgiving or even preparing for Thanksgiving that you were exiled from family or friends or from the normal traditions and routines that you're used to? Do you remember the words the Dorians read from the prophet Isaiah? 
the scripture that you have in your worship guides. I invite you to pull those back out and look at those with me as we review them. Look at the very beginning there, the first words that were shared in this Isaiah passage. Comfort. Comfort my people, the prophet says. And then towards the end, here is the Lord coming with strength. Isaiah was a prophet. He's speaking to the Jews, and you know where they are? They're in exile. They're hurting. They're discouraged. They're yearning for a place in which they can't be anymore. And Isaiah sends them, shares with them words of encouragement. He shares with them a message that God is giving hope. That God is giving hope for tomorrow, that He is returning. They have forgotten His promise of deliverance. And then look at the end of the second paragraph. The prophet says the Lord's glory will appear. And at the very end of the text, God will tend the flock like a shepherd. He will gather lambs into his arms. He will lift them up into his lap. To be a lamb in God's lap. Isaiah brings... A much heard before message of preparing one's life for the Lord. See it there at the end of the first paragraph? Clear the Lord's way in the desert. In a new context of today, we hear these as the words of John the Baptist. So as we transition to Mark, we see that Mark in chapter 1 jumps, on, jumps right in on the action. Mark's the first gospel written. It's the shortest of the gospels. He skips the birth narrative we know so well in Luke. And we don't see or we don't hear the genealogy that we learned in Matthew. Mark helps us look at this story of Jesus differently and enter more deeply into the meaning of new birth and transformation. He tells us that God, through Jesus, will do something we did not expect. He'll do something new. And John the Baptist prepares the way. Now, why all this talk about John the Baptist? What's so important or significant about John the Baptist during Advent? Well, one is that he prepares us for Christ's birth, and we just talked about it. But another reason is that John the Baptist reminds us that one day Christ will come again. We talk about Jesus' birth. We look forward to Christmas. We talk about Jesus' death and resurrection, and we anticipate Easter. But do we even think about or consider Christ returning one day? Now John the Baptist brings this message. But John the Baptist is not a typical priest or preacher. He was a signpost for God. It's been 400 years since the people have heard God's voice. And through John the Baptist, they hear it once again. We probably have a picture in our mind of what he looks like. And the scripture tells us he, he wears a cloak of camel's hair. He eats locusts and wild honey. He lived in the desert. But people seem to seek John the Baptist out. He had a clear message for them. Did you hear it? Prepare. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. 
Now you probably know this, and I remind you that when a king came to town, it was dirt roads, and there are a lot of potholes, or it was uneven, and so an entourage would go ahead of the king and smooth out the road so that the king's path would be straight on his journey. John the Baptist is preparing people's hearts for Jesus' journey and message. Now look at verse 5 in Mark. You've got it there in your worship guide. You might not see the verse, but kind of in the middle there. Everyone from Judea and all the people of Jerusalem. Everyone. All. This is a lot of people. John the Baptist is a big deal. But not as big as the one to come. Their baptism of the people shows that their hearts and lives were being changed. They wanted God to forgive their sins. They were being prepared for Jesus. How are you being prepared for Jesus this Advent? Let's stop for a moment and reflect on that. Who are the people? Who are the people in your life that have prepared you for life? Who are the people in your realm of influence or in your group that have invited you to hear the message of Christ, that have shared the message of Christ with you? What was it about their message, their witness, that struck a chord and has stayed with you? John the Baptist's message was one that fearlessly denounced evil wherever he might find it. Whether it was in the government for the day, was in the church, was in the crowd, the officials, or even individuals. He urgently summoned people to a life of righteousness. This right living before God. Many of the prophets before John the Baptist have been introducing the one to come. We've seen that already in Isaiah. But John the Baptist has a little bit more. Not just preparing us for the one to come, but introducing us to the actual ministry of the one to come. John the Baptist's proclamation is important. And it's one we need to take heed. We hear it at Christmas. Because he came to prepare us all for the coming of Jesus. The preparation in which John the Baptist insists upon is one of life and heart. In other words, not mend your roads, but mend and prepare your lives. In this time of pandemic and pain, discouragement and distrust, there is hope in the one that John the Baptist proclaimed. And this hope becomes a reality through Jesus, whose heavenly kingdom and earthly kingdom begin to merge as one during Advent. Christmas, like Thanksgiving, will be different this year. Perhaps you've done some decorating, perhaps you've finished your decorating, and we probably can go ahead the normal routines of decorating we've done. But the parties, the gatherings, the dinners in which we love to prepare for to invite others will be hard to manage this year. 
The shopping trips of numerous places that we go will probably be few and far between. At the church, we're still preparing for Advent and Christmas worship, but they'll look differently this year. This year is unique. I think as I heard this morning already about Thanksgiving that for some, Thanksgiving was a time of peace. And I believe that we're given a gift this year during Advent and even during Christmas to prepare our lives in a new way. To prepare our hearts to receive and hear the good news in a way perhaps that we've never heard it or taken time to receive it before. And that we have an opportunity and time to share this good news with family and friends, even if we can't gather in person together. My message for us today is that not only will we receive this good news, but we'll be people who share this good news with others. That we'll be prepared when the time and opportunity arises. Jesus was born for a time such as this. Do you hear that? Jesus was born for a time such as this in November and December of 2020 and a pandemic that we face. That gives us hope that we truly don't have to be afraid and we can embrace the unknown world of the future. Jesus had to grow up before we really understood his message and what his life meant. Are we willing to grow up with him this Advent season? Let's not lose. Let's not lose this Christmas message. Let's not forget this story of Jesus or John the Baptist. No matter what our Christmas experience might look like this year. How many of you know the song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day? You know it, you've heard it. I hope you see it in your worship guide online. Don't forget, look at it there at the end. Hear these words. Look at the words. First verse. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And mild and sweet their songs repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Do you know who wrote it? Don't look. Don't look. Before looking, did you know who wrote it? I didn't know. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. You heard of him? It was 18... You will. You will, I promise. You will hear of him. It was in the year 1863. What was taking place at this time? It was a civil war. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's wife had died tragically in a fire and he had just received news that his son had been injured as a soldier in the war. And then he hears the bells ring. And look at verse 3. Look at what he wrote in verse 3. And in despair I bow my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth. 
goodwill to men. Do you hear the motion? Do you hear the emotion? But then look at verse 4. You've probably already read it. Then rang the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth. Goodwill to men. And all that Henry Wadsworth Longfellow had faced, and all that he was feeling, and all the emotions that are stirring through him, he writes words of hope. Longfellow was able to find a tranquil moment of serenity and the music of the bells. I believe the Holy Spirit was present with him at that moment. Everything was going to be all right for Henry Wadsworth. Y'all, everything's going to be all right for you. And for you. And for you. And for me. The music. The music today and during this season has a way of doing that. My God, my God, how great Thou art. Now that's a message worth pondering and proclaiming this Advent season. May you receive it and may you share it with those around you. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord, prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts once again that in midst of this strange season we enter, Lord, in midst our grief and our exhaustion, we can once again find that excitement and expectation in which you bring through the promise of your Son. So, Lord, help us to ponder hope. Help us to proclaim hope this Advent season as we wait for Christmas, as we wait for Jesus once again. Amen.